What's goody how breath averse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash clean comedy workshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it. What's goody, Hot Breath the Verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers, and our guest today started his comedy career during a college trip to South Africa. Shortly after, moves to San Francisco, climbs up through the ranks there where he gets to open up for comedians like Andrew Schultz, who he has since gone on the road with. He has since written for on Schultz's Netflix show, Schultz Saves America. And following the Schultz model, our guest today has started to create his own opportunities on social media, going viral, posting crowd work clips, sketches, and a lot more we'll get into today because you'll learn there's not that much out there about him yet because we like to catch that next wave of comedy stars coming up in the game, and this guy is definitely one of them. So please welcome, hot brethren and sistren, to the hot breathverse, the one and only Joey the Hammer Avery. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank Joey you. Hammer Avery. You did your homework. That's Yo, crazy. I studied up for you, People man. People are usually like, damn, so how did you start? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to say all that. Well, I, I want this to be like inside the actor's studio for comedians. Yeah. Cool. You know, so inside the comedian's shitty studio apartment. This is yeah. pretty lit. Now, the out there, this, no, this is sick, this but I mean, sick. most most comedians, but I don't live here. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I'll be sleeping here later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Wait, you're in the middle of your first, the like, national headlining tour, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's how's, it, how's it been going, man? It's been great. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's city to city. When it's your first tour, you kind of learn you can you could be the man in some markets mm-hmm. and a who the fuck is that another if i can swear i don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah let it rip yeah. uh yeah so, so some markets you realize i i guess i don't have fans here <laughs> uh and and other markets it's great but it has just been cool to get to do that much stand up you know like actually getting to do i had one stretch where i probably did like 24 hours of comedy in like 22 days you know when it was i've never experienced that before so definitely levels you up yeah and what are some of those rough ones you had mentioned like how's it what's kind of been the highs and lows of this because what you're doing right now is basically what every comedian is aspiring to do right now blow up on social media go on a tour start selling tickets but what is like the reality of <laughs> that dream the, the reality <laughs> is i think with everything i mean comedy's like anything else it's like you have an idea of what you want to happen and then the second you get there you have a brand new challenge that you're stressed about. So like I try to remind myself because, you know, when I get the like emails from my agent, that's like ticket counts. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. We got it. We got work to do. Um, but I also remind myself like this is actually was the dream for the first decade of doing this was just to have a chance to go on the road and headline and, and figure it out. So you have to figure out, I mean, the reality of it is you have to do a lot of stuff you didn't think you were going to do when you are a comic. It is uh, editing clips so that the, those get exposure, people can see what city you're in, or I'm, you know, like doing <laughs> data management for email lists and, you know. Oh, oh really? Shit. So, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean data management? Like, like uh, you know, 
basically making sure that i mean to i don't want to be too boring about it yeah, but yeah. uh i've had some issues with like geolocating when i send out my emails to people who filled out my email submission form mm -hmm. and so i'm figuring out all these ways to like gather zip codes and all this shit that's just really boring yeah, the administrative side of yeah, this. Exactly. We're like, well, I thought I would just write jokes, perform, and then be famous. Right. Now you're an email marketer and a Photoshop uh, graphic designer and a thousand other things. But the beauty of it is it's like up to you now, mm -hmm. which is great. Do you do everything still? For the most part, yes. But now sometimes I can hire out help. So like sometimes I have someone shoot my shows and edit the clips, but I'm still very involved in that process. Other times, I'm the one who sets up all the cameras, shoots my stuff, edits the angles, you know, posts it all, makes the cover art and all that shit. Dude. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is like, I just interviewed Ian Bag on here. Uh-huh. And he's been doing it over 30 years. He's like known as like the crowd work guy. Yeah. During the pandemic, he hit rock bottom got a lot of dark thoughts at one time he actually he talked about how he thought about killing himself so like yeah. his wife could get the insurance money like that's where he was at in his career god damn and at that moment he like he just fired his whole team hired an editor and then he blew up now he's going viral selling out what was his whole team he like managers agents like oh yeah all of like the infrastructure a comedian thinks they right he replaced them with like a 21 year old editor an editor yeah and then just boom i could see at some point in time like the representation being like a swiss army knife like a manager who also is great at editing and oh yeah 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 like that would be great the hope is you want to get to a point where you're like it is funny now comics like to be a successful comic you have to basically run a small business yeah you do yeah. <laughs> uh, which is good and bad like i don't hate that because again it means it's up to you and it's not just like you're at the whim of hollywood and whether you're hot or not but uh, you do have to be like, yeah, it's not just going on stage and telling jokes anymore. But it's also a comic three months in who is like, oh, I got to figure out how to go viral before they even figure out like a punchline. Yeah. You know, so there's that aspect of it. Too. I Yeah, I remember I went viral like pretty early on. I was like a couple years in and I had something pop on like the stand up subreddit. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, I'm going to be this shit. And I started posting all this shit and like nothing else worked. <laughs> I was like, okay, for sure. That was one. That was one. That's all right. <laughs> what, what are you seeing that is working? Because we're all kind of blindly just basically like playing the lottery every time we post. Are you starting to see like consistent themes or topics or is production quality a big deal? What's kind of the formula there? I think for sure. I mean, it's all relatively simple, like in the sense of like whatever gets people to watch is what all the algorithms are geared towards is like people watching and staying on the platform. So your best chance is something that looks good and sounds good so that people don't just immediately go Ugh, and not give it a chance. But I have tried to like think about all the angles. This is a hot topic. This is not. And what's like working and all that. And like, I really do think that in general, it's like the stuff that's the funniest, that's the quickest, that makes people feel something is what's going to work. Oh, makes them feel something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, if it inspires debate, if people can, if people start, I used to get, upset when people were fighting in the comments because I was like, this is not what I'm trying to do. I don't want to upset anyone. And now people get mad in the comments and I'm like, that's watch time. Yeah, that's all engagement. <laughs> let it let it rip, you know. Uh huh. So contributing to division and the downfall of society, I think, is now our, our purpose. That's our, It's no longer bringing people yeah. together to laugh. It's like, how can we divide them with crowd work? Yeah. You mentioned Schultz earlier. He said something to me that I remembered. He was like, 
because I used to make these sports betting videos that I thought were funny. And like my friends would text me like the most. They liked them the best, but they never did well. And he was just like, he's like, yeah, the stuff that goes viral is not, he's like, comics are very self-centered. We want to think like, oh, look at me. This is me doing something cool. Aren't people going to like that? He's like, the stuff that goes, that's shareable is stuff that makes people feel like it's about them. They'll send something to their friends. Oh, this is so relatable. This is so us. Or it's some political point that they kind of feel, but they didn't know how to articulate it. Mm -hmm. So they'll be like, actually, this is what I think about this. I'm going to send this to people around the office. And I thought that was an interesting way to think about it is like, oh, is this going to make people feel anything? Because if so, they'll share it. Yeah, that's what I've heard him say is like he would talk about certain demographics in the audience because then that demographic would share it with other demographics that they know. Yeah, he'd be going like viral in like Somalia. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, well, <laughs> better not piss them off. Right. You know? <laughs> Some fucking pirates over there, dude. Yeah. Well, you've probably seen him from the jump thing because you like opened for him like way back in the day at comedy clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I met right. him in uh, yeah in Sunnyvale. There's a club called Rooster Tea Feathers, uh -huh. and like at the time he was like, you know, half selling out this club that's next to a tire store, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's fun room, you know. Shout out to them, but yeah. but I've got to see that too. You know, I think he's gonna he's teasing that he's gonna be doing Madison Square Garden, <laughs> so. Yeah. It's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and you guys keep in touch, like yeah. you guys are. Yeah, yeah. What it, what other advice does he? Like given you, what have you learned from being that close to the sun, essentially? Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool to, you know, he's he's really helpful with, with his advice. And he, uh, anyone would say this, he takes a, a time out to give a lot of people career advice and mm -hmm. just really share and like try to be a good person and try to be helpful, which is so cool and, and something that I think you want to pass on as you get a little bit of success. But I think some of the coolest stuff is just, he obviously his advice, but just watching the, the team that he's built and seeing how he's built that. And, you know, he's like, everyone there is a expert in their own thing and he'll hire anybody. He just hired this kid, Chifty, who's like, a, he's like 18. I don't know. He's made 19, super young kid, but super he was like young. a really talented YouTube editor. And so he had, was just like, great. Yeah. If you want to join the team, like can make it happen, which is, it's cool. He just moved. Shifty, like, just moved up to New York. Like, yeah. Schultz was like, all right, you got the job. And Shifty, like, graduated and then just moved. To New yeah, York exactly. For, like, no money. It's kind of, to your point, it's, like, hyper-specialized. Like, he is really, really good at a certain style of editing. Great. We'll get that. Yeah. Uh, we don't need, I don't know, you know, like, that. You need very people who are good at stuff that you can't do yourself. Like, when I'm looking at editing, I can do a lot of it myself. So when I hire someone, it's usually either I'm having bandwidth issues or it's, like, I have a really specific idea for something cool. I can't do that. I need to get an editor who's really good. Do you edit your like city skits when you're running for mayor? You edit all that? Uh, sometimes. I have okay. edited some of those myself, but a lot of times I'll send those to my buddy Timmy, Timmy Durgan, uh, who's who's great. And he oh. he adds like he adds stuff that I can't. It always whenever I get the edit back from him, I'm like, oh, that's so much better. Yeah. So much better. Uh, yeah, I met him working at uh, Chubby's clothing brand, and he was like doing a bunch of their edits, and uh, and he helps me out with stuff. So, yeah, do you still work for them? Uh, I have been part time for the last few months, so it's like I used to be very heavily involved, and I was part time, and I was kind of just helping with copy and like helping supplement like the upfront cost of going on tour with some needs that they still right, had. Right, right. And I think as of next week, the end of next week, I'll officially have no more day job. 
which is great, except for the fact that my tour is also winding down. So, <laughs> but, yeah, be looking for new ways to make money. I'll be on the pole here, Magic City. <laughs> yeah, we got to have multiple streams, man. You know, the community. A hundred percent over leverage. A hundred percent. Yeah, I learned that during the pandemic of like overnight I'm unemployed as a comedian. I was like, oh, what else is there? Yeah, are you full time? Yeah. How long have you been? I've been doing stand-up 13 years, and I probably went full-time eight or nine years in, I think. It nice. Was. Yeah. 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 I know. I knew a lot of guys, like, in the open mic days, and they were like, you got to be all bought in. You can't have a backup plan. And I was like, yeah, but now I can buy a camera. <laughs> you know, right. Like, yeah. Uh, like, I don't want to. Nobody was at the coffee shop writing jokes 10 hours a day while I was doing other shit. And I probably wrote more than people because yeah. I would write on the way to work and on the way to the mic. And it's, it, you know, it's like if you have a little bit less time, you're probably going to get more done if you're in yep. the swing. There's accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, that's something I definitely would like tell younger comics is like, yeah, you may want to jump in and be full time. Yeah. It's like a lot of full time comics I know live in their car. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not great. Yeah. And you want comedy to still be fun. And if it's, if it's, it's your, like your means of living, it can suck the fun out really quick. And it just, it's not, I mean, you're going to develop at the rate you're going to develop, but for a lot of people, it's just going to take a long time. Yep. And so you actually yep. buy yourself extra years by taking some pressure off, which does help you creatively mm -hmm. get to where you want to be instead of just having to, you know, <laughs> rough it in your car. Well, especially like, like a comedy adjacent job like you did with like yeah. chubbies did you just like email them and then like you just start working with them yeah i went to uh i was in i was in sales at the time and uh comedian you know dave nyhill yes he, yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. really well he's yeah. crushing it now he ran this conference called funny biz and he was like i know you hate your sales job you should come to this marketing thing i have tons of funny marketing people and maybe you'll meet someone you like and there was a dude, Mason from Chubby's, spoke at that and was basically like, yeah, we live in San Francisco, which make viral videos for a living. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, yeah. That's what I want to do. So I went home that night immediately and like sent an email with like all my like clips and like stuff that I'd done. And then, yeah, we got the job and for five years was able to, we had like a comedy podcast at the the peak of it for when I was having fun. We had like a we were just an hour long comedy podcast. We were doing skits and like, that was it. That was my job. You know, it was awesome. Um, and then it did help me learn how to, it helped me learn how to edit. Uh, it helped me learn how to use Photoshop. It helped me learn how to do email marketing. So all the stuff that I do now for myself, a lot of those skill sets were learned from, from doing it there. Yeah. That's what I've, I've even done. Like I've written for like Harmon brothers. Mm -hmm. They create like viral, um, like advertisements for companies. Yeah. So I've like written some for them as well. So I think there's different ways you can beyond just standing on a stage. You can get creative with how you make money in this game beyond totally on stage. Totally. It's getting harder for brands to go viral now. <laughs> Cause I, there was a time where it was like, Oh, we have a following. We'll just make funny shit. And now it's like social media is so competitive. Now they're competing with like all the comedians and all the musicians yeah everyone's just putting shit out there that's i'm almost at a point now dude it's like so many comedians are doing this like doing this one thing that i'm almost like i'd rather this show blow up and then like i just keep developing as a comedian instead of like you're saying the grind is literally like perform record it edit yeah. it like like basically optimize it to be shareable and like there's so many different things beyond just being funny on stage where i'm almost like 
I, mean, I may just keep just doing this show and hope that this works and just keep developing as a comedian and doing colleges and stuff. Like, totally. I mean, yeah, I think attacking it on multiple fronts is always the best way to go because you have no idea what's going to stick. Like, right. I'm like doing well in the clip game now, but I'm like, okay, I need to start a podcast because I need, even if it's a smaller community, a more dedicated community that'll be like listening every week and like, you know, I, and also it's fun. I think that at the end of the day, you do have to listen to yourself a little bit and be like, what do I want to do? Yeah. What, what is exciting to me? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to live on the road? But right. That may, once you start getting out on the, because pre pandemic, I was getting on the road a lot and, yeah. and I got home during the pandemic and I was like, I don't know if I want to just live or rely on the road. It is funny. Sometimes you're like, can we do a balance? Like <laughs> I had like a crazy tour and it was awesome. It's, I wanted to do it. I mean, it was, it was great. And, uh, they did a great job setting it up, but, um, yeah, there was a moment where I was like, we could save some of these markets and do like a couple every month. I can focus on them and do like content about that market and, right. try and like, you know, build up towards that instead of just emptying the clip on everything all at once. Um, so if there's a thousand ways to do it, I think that the, the real thing is no one can decide for you. You just got to figure mm -hmm. out what you want to do. Because it's like, yeah, traveling all the time isn't great, but a rewarding headlining show and especially if it's filmed well and you get clips out of it it's like that's that's the best for me right now and, and what percentage of your show because a lot of what you do have you do post jokes as well and yep. you post hilarious sketches as well but like what percentage of your show is like now crowd work and is like that portion really literally just like all right clip time yeah I uh, I I would say it's probably like on average it's probably 40% material 20% crowd work and I would say if you ask the average person on the way out of the show, they would tell you it was, uh, wait, I just didn't, that didn't even add. It added up to yeah, 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 a rusty yeah, percent. Yeah, no, that was just, that's amazing. <laughs> so here's what I, the reason that I, the reason that I did that is 40 minutes material, oh, 20 minutes crowd work. Gotcha. So, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, percent. Yeah, 40 <laughs> minutes of material, 20 minutes crowd work. And I think... The way people's brains work, when they leave the show, they would tell you it was 40 minutes crowd work, 20 minutes material, because they think it's like, mm -hmm. but ultimately what I do is I have segments where it's like, I know with this current hour, I'm going to start with this, I'm going to do crowd work about this, and then it will lead to this segment, and then that way I can kind of do the whole thing live and like plug in segments where something happens so that I can just go with the flow of where the crowd work takes me yeah. but i know where the next one's gonna hit do you what is like how do you how do you develop crowd work as like what are do you have any like crowd work tips for comedians because everyone's trying it now yeah that one's tough because i do think that like i people it's so funny people online are like it's a you plan it right. and i'm like you think that i write scripts and hire actors that's what you think i do <laughs> it's so much easier to just be yourself and that is my advice is to just be yourself. Like, I think that you do have to be authentic. I don't really like using tricks. Like, I think that the funniest stuff comes from just like being in the moment and, and interacting with people that works better for my style of comedy. Cause I am like personable tough. If you're like a dry one-liner comic, mm -hmm. like, but I guess I would say everyone's going to do it their own way. I think sometimes people's lean is to be too mean. And it like turns people off and like, obviously you want to be funny, but like, I feel like I get better stuff when we all feel like we're laughing together and then people are more willing to share with me and the whole audience doesn't feel like I'm being a dick. Um, and I don't feel like I'm being a dick. Cause I don't like, I don't, I got into comedy to, you know, 
be a people pleaser, not, no, right, not right. to be the coolest bully. <laughs> so sometimes they think it could be, it's kind of like what Steve Hofstetter probably like started this crowd work stuff way yes. back in the day and like comedian destroys. Comedian destroys, yeah. So now maybe comedians feel like the way to go viral is like destroy heckler. Yeah, there was a real like, there definitely was an era of comedy that was all about, it was like the Bill Hicks level of like, you fucking mouth breathing idiots <laughs> and the like Bill Burr Philly thing. Right. It, 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 there's a fuck you persona. And that that's fine. It's just you better be about that life. It better be that, authentic. And yeah, exactly. And it has to match up with the rest of your act. Yeah. I can't be fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and then go into material that's not that guy. So, yeah. you know, everyone talks about finding your voice, but like, Really what it is is like how authentic can you be on stage and then everything will come out in that voice, oh. I think. Do you feel like you've tapped in? I feel like I have glimpses, but I don't feel like I've been like, oh, I found my voice. Yeah, I don't, because of the phrasing of that, I never felt that way because it's like, it it doesn't feel that way, but I do think that I have. And like, ultimately, I guess I think it's a lot more like stand-up is not, uh, you're not constructing something. I think you're not. I was never trying to build a personality. It was more sculpting. Mm. It was like getting all the inauthentic shit and scraping it down to just being like kind of the funny version of me that exists with it inside me on stage. Oh. And I do feel like that. I have found that. Like I feel like I'm just very comfortable up there. You know. How did you do it? What did you? How did you start to just, just sculpt it? Yeah. It's like how did you start to sculpt there? Just being on stage and just being like, I I do think like a lot of the shitty shows that I've done helped me figure it out because I realized I can't just do this joke right now. Because there's four people in this bar, and it's honestly sociopathic for me to be <laughs> hitting my beats. And like, so I just had to, because it was, felt so awkward to me that I had to just start talking to people. And that's, I, that's how I developed the crowd work skill, but it's also, it's helped my writing because it's just more like, it's more natural. You know, is it, do you, did you start to write about certain things that came off as authentic or was it, you mean like in, at those shows, you more were like conversational or trying like to- Like I would them pull up, I remember uh, San Francisco, I would do this one at a place called the SF Eagle. It was a, it was not only a gay bar, it was a leather gay bar. Nice. So there were some dudes getting dominated back there. I think we walked out one time and a dude was fucking a guy in the ass. So we were like, <laughs> whoa, dude. They were definitely on Molly, but there was only like six people in like the whole place. It was insane. Uh, it was an awesome place, dude. That you know, it was it was just San Francisco as hell. Bartender Steve, great dude, had AIDS, but he was like, "It's fine now. I take yeah. pills. I'm good." You know, like yeah. <laughs> Eagle Baby. It was an awesome place, but uh, yeah, it's like I'd go up there. There'd be a dude like in the front row, like wearing nipple clamps, and you know, I had I would have written some like inspired thing about how like we're all like bits of like cosmic like dust and like atoms because i saw like one neil degrasse tyson video and i wanted to like blow people's minds on some like carlin shit right because i always would write like stuff that i thought was interesting and then try to make it funny but then it's like you launch into that and i was just felt like a loser so then i just had to be like what's up with the nipple clamps and not in a mean way. You can't piss off a nipple clam guy. He might, you know, tie you up to a car battery. I don't know. He's one of the six people there. You don't want to walk the crowd. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just got used to, like, trying to, like, I just didn't want to bomb. So I was just trying to, like, talk to people. And, and I think that with that in mind, you start you start writing on stage a little bit. And then you just start, like, 
so the stuff you start writing just comes out in, in your voice a little bit easier. But there, honestly, there are still times where I'll write something and I'll look at it before a show and I'll just go, what the fuck, dude? That's not going to work. And that's not you. And like, yeah. just, that's like belongs in your diary for sure. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you organize all your jokes in like a notion thing? Do you still do that? I do have notion. I mean, the organization should be better, but like, I do have all my like sets and like show notes, you know, mm -hmm. in a, in a notion doc that you like will reference. Do you, are you disciplined at that? I always, so like what I do is uh, like on a headlining tour, what I'll do is like, I'll take, I know what the hour is, but I still like seeing it written out for every show. So I'll like copy what I have. I'll paste it over to the new, uh, like last night I was in Louisville. I'll copy that. I'll paste it over to Atlanta. I'll write some like local jokes up top and then I'll go back to my notes from Louisville, which either I'll write after I get off stage or I'll review the footage and I'll write stuff that I said differently, stuff that worked. And I'll look at like all the like new stuff that I need to pay attention to so that I make sure that I hit those tags. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then if I have a new idea for something, I'll plug that in too. But yeah, we can, we can always romanticize like, I'm going to review this. I'm going to find new things. Yeah. But most of the time it's like, oh, I hate myself. Yeah. Yeah. But it is part I mean, of it. The flip side of that is like, I get, I don't like having anxiety is a, loaded word because it's an actual term but like i'll get nervous for shows and the way that i'll deal with that is just by like going over my notes like a lot mm -hmm. and that actually does help me is i'm just like okay i want to hit this i want to hit that and that's kind of how i deal with being nervous how do you deal with the highs and lows of this game because like i've been going on a roller coaster lately dude like yeah. like how how do you keep keep it fresh or keep it motivated because i mean i've gone through like since the pandemic man there's been moments of like i even want to do this like yeah. And I've never felt like that. But like lately I've been thinking that and it's, it is like a relationship with comedy. It's where you're like, it's like sometimes it's all love and other times you resent it, but it's like, I've kind of been going through it right now for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, no, it can be tough. I mean, I think a lot of people do, and I think it is, it's probably helpful for people, especially if it's like comics listening to hear that, you know, people <laughs> go through that. I've definitely had moments where I've thought about quitting or I've left like a show and just been like in tears like this is but it's been a while but ultimately i think for me when i have when i have moments of being like oh i'm not where i want to be um my thought is always like what is something new that i can do mm. um and like okay so stuff isn't working okay i should write a sketch or try a new format of video that i've never tried before because my thought is usually just like okay i like, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to make this work. It's like, okay, what I'm doing isn't on the path of where I want to go, you know? But I'm like, I have no doubt that I'm going to get where I'm going. But if I'm in a rut, I try to figure out, like, what I need to do in that moment to shake things up and try something new. And sometimes you stumble upon brand new ground. So, like, I do these mayor videos to right. promote shows. And that was because I was, like, going to, it was my first, uh, I'll take one of those when you, uh, <laughs> my buddy just got back with some Topo Chico. So you can you want one? No, I'm good. good? I'm yeah. good. I'll, I'll pass out. Yeah. Smart. Uh, I'll take a nap. It's a, it's a stimulant for me. <laughs> um, I, uh, um, noise. Yeah. I, uh, I, those, those came about because of like being nervous about, I was my first headlining show in San Francisco and I was like, I couldn't even sleep one night because I was like, how am I going to sell tickets? I have no idea how to sell 
tickets and I just like popped into my head. And so, cause I was like, I want something that's local, that's about the area. And then, so yeah, I, I guess when stuff's not going well, I try to just get creative. Oh uh, yeah. And try new things. Yeah. That's smart. Okay. That, that's very helpful. Yeah. 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 I think so. What do you, what do you do when you're feeling that way? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, of course I've had terrible shows and stuff through the years, but like, it's only recently where I've been like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So like, yeah. I've been leaning into the podcast more. Like I've yeah. really been focused on making this the best it can be and leveling up the production as some people may be able to tell, I don't know on this one, yeah. but <laughs> well, you, you made a house call on this one. Yeah. So yeah. But, um, yeah. And I've been leaning into this more and focusing, I'll, I'll still do stand up, but it's more like. Like, like I said, I just came back from a college. I'm still doing like gigs. I'm yeah. not really out there grinding mics and like trying to develop new, 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 new. I'm just like, I'll do the job. You but can also develop right. new in the midst of doing good gigs. You don't have to mind yeah. forever. Like right. it does, there is a, a level of years in where it can probably be a little counterproductive because you start playing bat like. It's so important for so much of comedy to just get comfortable on stage. Like we were right. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I do jokes that are staples of my, you know, hour that are some of the best parts of it that I think would probably bomb at a mic. Oh. Potentially. You uh -huh. know, because it's just a different kind of, you have, it's a different environment to survive in at a mic where there's only two people listening. Yeah, for sure. And I, but I feel like as comedian, maybe it's like, we're just so ingrained to be like, well, I've got to be grinding or I'm not a comedian, but there is the value to that of like taking higher quality shows and just working on stuff there. And like grinding might be doing a podcast or That's learning true. how to, you know, whatever you need to do with this giant light, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> Grinding comes in a lot of in a lot of areas, but you do have to do it. Like that is the one thing with the modern eras. It's like you gotta, you you can't just be like a, uh, you know. We I, I used to have this romantic notion of being like an artist, like floating around, just thinking about shit and like right. writing in a notebook and smoking a cig or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> no, nah, we're we're grinding on. Adobe Premiere. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it crashes every 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You can't find the media. It's like, yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it just kind of lines like, what do you what do you want to happen? And uh, are the things you're doing giving you a chance to get there? Yeah, I, I really I really want this to be like inside the actor studio for comedians. Like, I really want this to be the show where comedians want to come on to show that like the serious side of comedy of like yeah we're all funny on stage but like we're working non-stop type deal you know right like kind of look behind the curtain and then also for comedians to be like oh so this is the reality of what it takes to become a comedian right so that's yeah i mean i'm i'm cool with that more than like becoming like an arena act you right know? right if that happens cool but i'm more focused this i feel like this doesn't exist like there's comedians doing things and building an audience and this could be me just trying to cut a corner. Right. But I, I feel like this doesn't exist, so I'm leaning more in on this right now. No, I mean, it, it makes sense, and it's, like, helpful to hear that, because otherwise, like, if this was a normal podcast, I'd be like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, all this, like, back-end, like, oh, I'm editing, and I'm sending emails, and, like, no, you know, let's just be funny and, you know, yeah. make a kooky joke about the horrible war crimes that are going on, or, you know, just normal right. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's over 400 episodes of this, so I've leaned in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a valuable resource, and I think... Uh, yeah, I think it, it's got to be. I, I hope that open micers and you know people coming up can can hear some of this because it's it's going to be different than you think. Yeah. But uh, it is a really it's a really rewarding journey if you do it the right way. I think. Well, do you have any 
Um, like I always ask the guests on here as we start to land the plane, like their worst bombing boo story. Is there one that just gives you PTSD every time you think about it? Yeah, there are definitely, definitely two times <laughs> in my career that I definitely like legit had like tears in my eyes going home and was like, I'm done. And like one was in San Francisco. There was a, there's a great bar next to Cobb's Comedy Club called The Rockas, and they would have comedy there. It's not a great room for comedy. And, like, I don't even remember specifically what happened, but it was just... It was one of those shows where I was like, I was so excited about my new joke. I was like, this is, like, a new era for me <laughs> yeah. as an artist. Like, yeah, it's funny, but, like, it's thought-provoking, right. you know? And uh -huh. I'm bringing it into, like, an open mic full of, you know, drunks and uninterested comedians. <laughs> and And it just ate shit and I was so my expectations were so high and I remember walking out and it was just it was a San Francisco night it was foggy it started raining and I swear to god the entire walk home was uphill <laughs> I was just like <laughs> fucking metaphor dude <laughs> it was bad yeah yeah and then another one was just the same thing just expectations of like this is gonna be a good joke and it just sucked and like the other one I was living at my parents' house. I didn't have a job. It was right after I got out of college. Mm. And uh, and I was just like, I don't know if this is going to fucking work. And you just started, and you're like, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to work. Because like, expectations were high when I first... I remember I got off stage the first time. I did seven minutes. The second time, I did an entirely new seven. And I, I was like, all right, I'm 14 minutes in the and You're like, I'm him. Yeah, I was I'm like, dude, I'm a, when I get back to... When I get back to the States, I'll start shopping this around. It's <laughs> HBO. You know, we're getting... And then now, you know, like, right. 10 years in, I'm like, I could probably do a YouTube special. You know? <laughs> I'm at that level, I think. Is that, is that what you're working towards? Because I yeah. know you're Don't Tell. Yep. But I have... Yeah, you haven't uh, put like a full special. Yeah, I think that... Yet. I think that's the next step. It's either deciding if I want to do another Don't Tell or, or self-fund a full special, which... I think I want to do is just then you start looking at the price of like if you want to get that shot at a high level. Yeah, like, yeah. Dardle. I think they're doing longer specials now. They are, and yeah. I got a price quote, and I was like, God, <laughs> <laughs> but and it's it's it's. I mean, they're great, and I, that's probably who I want to do it with. But um, you know, it's just it is a when you start looking at that level of investment, you're just like you start looking at your own material, and you're like, Ooh, is this good? And I. I don't want to get to the point like you can talk yourself out of doing anything because mm -hmm. I could forever be like, I need to clean this up and do that and just get in the way of yourself doing anything. But it's also helpful to just have a lens of like, is this as good as it can be? Can I make this better? Or am I just trying to be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Right. Here it is. So we'll see. Well, do you, do you have any closing advice for comedians out there? Yeah, I think uh, the for Perspective comedians who always ask, they're like, I've been writing and saying it to right. all. Just do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. just just get going. Yeah. That's all that matters is just like, just get going. Just go to mics. You're going to meet people early on. Also, be nice and be cool. Yep. You're going to meet people early on in your yep. journey, and you have no idea those are going to be the most important people in your life 10 years later. They could be your best friends. They could be your worst enemies. They could be people with an opportunity, whatever. Just like... It's a community. It's a small community. It feels a lot bigger when you start because there's a lot more people. But if you move up the funnel, you're going to be around the same people. Yep, so, like, for sure. be cool, be kind, and just don't overthink it. Just start working, and and shit will happen. But when you're, I think what we said, like, when, you, when you're at your lowest, just 
turn back to why you did it in the first place, which is being creative mm -hmm. and try something different. Just try to be funny. Well, Joey Avery, thanks for being on Hot Breath, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, do you want to plug your anything you have for the... Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, socials are all Joey Avery. Um, so I got Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I got a subreddit now. Um, Ooh, which has been Joe, Joe R. Curry, R. Curry, he's killing it. He's on killing it. it. And I posted something that was going viral on Reddit. And someone was like, hey, you should have your own sub like him. Yeah. Uh, and so I looked at his and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So I started one and then websites, joeyavery.com. And I got all, I'm on tour. I've got, by the time this comes out, New York, uh, November 11th, Philly, November 12th, uh, Boston, December 10th, and San Jose, uh, December 20th. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joey. Absolutely. Thanks all for right. having me. Hot breath. What's goody, Hot Breath of Verse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash cleancomedyworkshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it.